Oh, hey, John. You look like you're eating something delicious. And we are now live with episode number 60. 60. 60. If you're just John joining us, congratulations. You made it through the purge. We're happy for you. I don't know. Wait, there's a purge? There was a purge. There was a purge did of I chickens. Did I make it? <laughs> So, uh, other than that, uh, we are now live with episode 60. Uh, this episode, we are going to talk about changes within the gaming community. Not only personnel change, game changing, adding to the game, taking away from the game. Uh, there was some that happened this week uh, that prompted us to think about this and do this. I know you can barely see me, but I'm over here at my computer while I get ready for the painting. Um, but... Tradition calls that we go for it. Kathy, what you drinking? Tea. I'm drinking a chai tea. No rum? No. Oh my god. Mark this day down, John. Are you marking it? No, no, no. I need, I need to hear you. I need to hear you talk, man. I, I gotta check your microphone. He's eating. <laughs> I'm fucking chewing. <laughs> John eating it up. Um, the day has been duly noted, sir. Yes. <laughs> uh, John, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm finishing up a Summersby Hard Apple Cider that Not Brush Head Dave left here. Because uh, they're naturally gluten-free and he is not very glutinous. And I'm going to follow it up with a uh, Dr. Pepper and Fireball. Cool. Um, today, I am drinking a Boulevard Whiskey Barrel Stout. Um, that I got a couple of weeks ago. Um, so this is, um, really, 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 really strong. Really, really stout. Um, it's 11% alcohol, but it's a very, very strong beer. Oh, that's way better than the 4.5 I'm staring at here. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's really good. So, other than that, um, Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's a good beer. Oh, that's a good beer. It's a good cider. It's the most apple delicious of them. apple delicious? apple delicious. Um, okay, let's set that aside. I I'm going to work on uh, my uh, mom pox stuff. Let me switch over to our paint cam. Paint cam! John, I feel like a a pint of cider like that would go great with like a shot of fireball, like just chucked right into it. Kind of like a Johnny Jump Up, but with apple pie. Johnny Jump Up? What the hell's a Johnny Jump Up? I got nothing. That's a shot of Jameson in a glass of cider. Oh. I've never um, even heard of that. Uh, I, it might be okay, but I really I like cinnamon apple, but I don't like drinking cinnamon apple as much as I like eating cinnamon apple. Fair enough. Uh, I did kind of go quickly and finish up the building. It's not like perfect, but it's just done in quick. And it must be perfect. It's pretty much done. Okay, that's fine. I got nothing. Pack it. Monsters will reduce it to rubble. Yep. So I'm going to work on these guys today, and so all the little baby, little bitty dudes. Uh, and I will be washing, I'm going to do the uh, spine and ridges on them. Because it's kind of like a wash dry brush type thing going on with it. Um, oh, that's why they look weird. Because they have just white on the spine and ridges. Yes. Because ah. through the camera, it just looks like, what are those dark spots on the base? It's like, <laughs> no, those are the arms and stuff. That's called depth. Way to go, depth perception. <laughs> I'll drink to you. Oh, that's funny, yeah. Um, to be fair, my depth perception is kind of shit anyway, so... Yeah, well, cameras play weird oh. tricks perspective. Yeah, I mean, uh, a quick aside, uh, my buddy Petey got the PlayStation VR. Yeah? How's that so screwing with you? It's like, oh, you should try it. I'm like, well, let me take a look. I'm like, oh, look, it's divided in the center. Nope, can't do that. This won't work. If you divide it down the center, I can't, because the eyes don't focus together. Yeah. Ah, yes. So no VR, uh, no no VR for John. 
Which is fine. I don't really play video games. I wasn't going to spend money on something like that. But uh, it's always disappointing when they, they exclude my 0.001% of the population from fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you could you say it's discrimination, have... but it's really not. You have <laughs> fun. None. There is no fun for you. Well, there's plenty of fun for me. I get to be in the room where people are doing that stupid shit. <laughs> I get to fuck with them. I'm telling you, I'm going to buy like long, long armed Swiffers and feather dusters and shit. Oh, there will be fun to be had. Don't you worry. <laughs> fun to be had. Does that make me a bad person? No. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. But it's possible that we're both bad people. So I, you know. Well, if we're both bad people. At least we're a good company. Yes. Alright, so, topic of the discussion is change. The constant in our life, no matter what, um, yep. that we have to deal with. Uh, recently, this week, um, some information came out, and of course, Kathy was kind of like, what, huh? Um, that doesn't involve me. Um, but it, it is... Correct. But, it was a big news. Um, as everybody knows, uh, two PP staff members, um, or one of them quit. And then one of them put in his resignation. Now, we knew one of them was going to quit eventually or go somewhere else because it is Lyle O. Uh, Lyle did No Corner Magazine. And as everybody knows, No Corner is no longer around. Um, Wasn't he hired for something entirely different? Uh, I think originally he was. Uh, but he took over as editor-in-chief for No Corner Magazine. And since No Corner is no longer around... um. Yeah, it's yeah. the reason that everyone involved is going to be gone. Yeah. So, everybody was doing that, it's gone. Um, and actually, there's been three PP uh, people go. Uh, JR, which was their, our, their convention guy, went somewhere else. Um, and then Lyle went uh, and is going somewhere else. Uh, and I wish him the best of luck. Uh, if you've never met my, Lyle, he's a really cool dude, really quiet, very awesome. Um he told me where he's going, and I'm uh, going to be super excited when he's allowed to say more. He'll say it. Um, I'm really stoked for him. Um, but really nice guy. Um, he told he told us uh, that at uh, War Machine Weekend. But um, the big news was um, one of the painters did leave recently before War Machine Weekend, uh, Brandon. Um, he left also. Um, so yeah, there, there was that one too. They're still trying to find a studio paint, another studio painter. Um, but, uh, the one that goes the shocker was Will Pagani and everybody knows Will Pagani. Um, really nice guy. Really cool. Really, really awesome guy to hang with. Um, and it was kind of a shocker because it was done like right after, Lyles, but the one thing that was making it a shocker more than anything was it was, hey, I put him a two weeks notice. Yeah, yeah. There's the most shocking part is he put his weeks notice, and he does not currently have uh, another yeah. job. Correct. He's currently and, doesn't have one lined up, which is kind of weird. So, to all of you adults out there who may be younger than us, uh, all due respect to Will. Never do this. <laughs> Especially when you have Never a child. Never quit a job when you have another, when, when, unless you have another job. I mean, it's yeah. just not a good idea. Yeah. Unless you're really certain that you've got the qualifications that you're yeah. going to find a job in no time at all. Correct. Or maybe he's like, I'm going to find something part-time and I'm going to be, you know, a part-time dad and we can afford that with the money. Which is fine. Because part-time jobs are super easy to find. Yeah. Maybe so, he's going to try and paint models for a living. Not will. Uh, it's, I mean, no. there's a spot for someone to paint, you know, tabletop quality <laughs> models. Um, but what, what what the really big shocker about all of this, and, and why it's kind of weird, is Will just kind of started with the company. Uh, he was only there for about two years. Um, he came from our ranks, per se. He was a player first and did really well competitively, uh, so on and so forth. Um, did a lot of cool it. things. And he was a podcaster. He was a podcaster. So it, it was like... he came. What was his role again? He's a game developer. He was the one that helped yeah. with the rules. So, I mean, okay. he came in doing stuff that, you know... Everybody was like, oh, that's so cool. It would be cool to have him, you know, do that. Um, 
what I think is interesting is uh, someone made a joke that um, Pagani came in, spent two years there, got Circle up really badass because it was like he played Circle, got Circle really badass, and then left. So it was like a, it was like a running gag that some people were making. Yeah, um, and people are making speculation as to why. Let's let's not speculate. That's not the point of this. Yeah. To speculate why, and you know, he'll tell or he won't. Yeah. It'll come out or not. It doesn't matter. If he tells, he tells. If he doesn't, I'm not worried about it. But as soon as he did that, it was immediately a shock to some of the community going, oh, well, that must mean PP's done and over with. Well, we've gone through this to, before. To be fair, though, a lot of people leave in a short time. Um, overall sales numbers down. Most people report their metas have less people. Those are what's commonly called warning signs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to like you know, sugar doom and gloom, but there is something to be said. Maybe there's something going on there. There I is. Don't know. There is but. that uh, because people were people are, are concerned, which is because because Will is a really cool guy. Will did a lot of good things for PP, and Will had just... a very level head when it came to rules. I know his his sort of internet uh, you know his podcaster persona was that he was all things are good or they're bad. It's binary. When you talk to him about something, it was never that binary in reality. Yeah. I uh, We had him a couple times on Pain Without John, and I loved talking with him because he had a very good head for these things. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to miss him designing rules. I mean, to be honest, Pete, you, Mark III is not my cup of tea, but I, I'm going to miss having someone I know who's got a real level head in there. Yeah. Well, I, I, I have a feeling that he probably will go to another game design because he did do something good for the game and it wasn't just you know he wasn't just there and, and a pretty face if you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. he uh he did good for the company mm-hmm. he did good for the rules so they you know i'm sure he'll find another job within yeah. the gaming community he'll land on his feet in there and if yeah. not i mean he's he was a successful game store owner there are a lot of companies that like to handle like to hire people who were successful at starting their own businesses because it means they have a certain set of skills. Yeah. Not like Liam Neeson skills, like business type skills. <laughs> but it was a pretty big shock. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think the thread got up to like 180 last time I saw about mm-hmm. the doom and gloom of it. Because uh, oh, yeah. I messaged him and I'm like, are you part of this Facebook group? And he's like, no. I says, dude, you got to go in this and watch this. This is great. Um but PP has gone through this before. They've gone through um, changes like this before. I mean, right around Mark Three, they went through and a bunch of staff quit. Ed Burrell, you know, the, the list goes on and on. So this is not something mm-hmm. new. But the reason why it's such a shocker is he was only there for two years. He was, aka, one of us. And it was abrupt. So it's just kind of interesting. Um, we'll have to wait and see what's mm-hmm. going on. We can make speculations. I mean, but uh, let's let's not. I mean, we could yeah. stick it over. Aliens took over his mind and made him quit. Yeah. All right. Speculation done. Yeah. Who knows? But I mean, the thing is, is a lot of people read too much into it and was going off on it. And it's like you can't because you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah, they you may, can. you know, he he may have gotten an offer and just not wanting to say about it. Even those of us who have who have connections at PP don't know everything because their connections don't know everything. Yeah. No one's got the biggest the, the whole picture. So don't worry about it. Just, just you know, let it move on. See where it goes. Keep an open mind. Yeah. And that can be said about change in general. Is you have to keep an open mind about it because if you're closed minded, you're going to live in the same place you're you know for your entire life, and that's not going to be good for anyone. Everyone needs to grow and change. It's just a fact of life. Um, I say this a lot when I talk about, you know, uh, War Machine is maybe the game just passed me by. It's not what I want in a game. I mean, uh, I was talking to Devil Squid, and it's not what he wants from a game anymore. And he was, you would never find a bigger banner bearer for PP and War Machine of Hordes than Devil Squid for the longest time. But, you know, his life changed. He left the military, moved back to this area. You know, he and his, he and his wife and his daughters, he spent a lot of time with them. He, he wants something different from a game, so he's moving on. And you have to do that. You have to be ready to change. You have to accept the change in there. You know, um, if we keep, if we rail about change, you want everything to stay the same, uh, you get 
And this is an interesting example. You get Dungeons and Dragons. Where they come out and they, they change the complete thing. They put out their fourth edition and everyone's like either loves it or fucking hates it. And the people who hate it are super duper vocal and like, no, I magic missile doesn't auto hit anymore. That's bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. You know, all this change stuff rather than actually giving it a fair chance. Or, you know, oh, hey, this is wrong with it. This is wrong with it. Rather than actually giving it a fair chance. So, in reaction, because the game company can only react to what you do, they put out 5th edition, which is, I mean, I hate to be so blunt, more of the fucking same from D&D. It's plenty fun. There's nothing wrong with it. But it's not innovative in any fucking way, shape, or form. Yeah, agreed. It's it's stagnant, which, if that's what you want, is fine. There is a space for a for a core game that stays the same regardless, because that's what some people want. But you have to think, what, what have you stopped? What have you hurt? What kind of growth have you hurt in the gaming industry by doing this? You know, even Magic, a staple of the game for way longer than I care to admit because it makes me feel fucking old, <laughs> changes things here and there. They, they're they constantly rotating everything they do card-wise. That is sort of like the epitome, you know. It's a, it's just fitting that uh, Zinch is the god of magic, huh, Kathy? Because change, change, change. Mm-hmm. And that's, you, you have to embrace it. Those guys embrace change better than most. You know, and so you, you have to do that in everything, you know. A new game system comes out. Wild West Exodus, which I'm sure Kathy's going to talk about here in a moment. That changed the entire game between first and second edition. Um, uh, assuming that uh, Relic Knights 2.0 gets out, I'm not Ooh. holding my breath. No, I saw an article they completely, on that. They completely changed. Uh, they'll, they completely changed their system too, which is fine. You just have to be ready to embrace it and and give it a fair chance. And if it's still not your thing, it's okay. There are other games out there. We are in a gaming renaissance. The tail end of the gaming renaissance. We're about to have a dip, but then it'll just come back up, you know? Like uh, like Alfred said in Batman, why do we fall so we can pick ourselves back up again? It'll go there. It changes is going to happen. you got to be ready. Uh, to be honest, I'm ready for the dip in the gaming. Uh, oh, I, I just, there's just too many. There's too many for me to keep track of. It's sensory overload for gaming. Well, it's like that in all media. Look at media. If I told any of you 20 years ago there would be too much, let's say, superhero media or sci-fi media for you to intake it all, and that would be okay, you would have laughed me out of the room. <laughs> we never would have thought that, ever. <laughs> but we're there. I haven't even looked at like any of the, you know, the new DC Titan series. I haven't watched any of the Netflix now-canceled series. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't I haven't watched Ages of Shields in, in a while. There's so much out there I don't watch, and it's okay because there's still so much out, out there. there to watch. It's really great for entertainment wise. So I mean, you got to embrace the change. Um, does someone else want to take it, or should I ramble on for another half an hour? <laughs> <laughs> Adapt or die, and that's what we always say in uh, in our business too, because. Mm-hmm. It, we have a small business. We we paint miniatures for a living, and it started out where we were painting uh, flat art, as we call it now, 2D art. Um, and the market kind of collapsed. The economy kind of took a dip uh, in the early 2000s when we were doing it, and people weren't buying art to hang on their walls. So we're like, well, what can we do? How can we adapt? Mm-hmm. And... It's- we decided painting miniatures would be the way because we had already painted Blood Bowl teams for our friends and they're they're giving us money to paint their teams. And we're like, well, what if we put some models on eBay? And this is back when eBay was all HTML and everything. So we had to we had to learn how to work that. And you just, you have to be willing to change and adapt and learn new things in order to survive. And that's what these game companies have to do. If you if you look at the businesses, the big staple brand name businesses that are failed or are failing, the Kmart's, the Toys R Us, I know they're coming back. And it's notwithstanding, Sears. you know, the Same. Sears. Why have they Why have they fail? Because they didn't adapt properly. You know, they didn't have the right people working for them that could 
that could tell them this is what we need to do to adapt to this changing climate. And Sears is what surprises me the most because they always had the mail order catalog thing. But they went away from that thinking that was the future and then it ended up being the future. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that just boggles, but yeah. They were they were so far ahead of the time that they thought what they were doing wasn't gonna last when it turned out to become the new paradigm. Yeah. They they could have been Amazon before Amazon. They could have been Sears. Yep. <laughs> and someone cries themselves to sleep over that every night, though they shouldn't because we don't have a crystal ball, you can't foresee it. Yeah. But you have to be open to change, you know. You know, the game changes edition, you gotta give it a chance. You know, uh Wild West Exodus. Uh, Unless, like Wild West Exodus, uh, they only call it the same name and use the same models, but in fact, it's in fact a different game completely. But still, change. You got to take a look at it. You've got the models. You might as well give it a shot. Yeah, that's true. But, you, yeah, but, and if you find out that it's not the game for you that your old game was, well, now you've got to sell your models off. Or you don't have to, or if you don't have to sell them, you can keep them. Maybe it'll change again. Maybe you like the models. Maybe you'll enjoy painting them, but you have to go out there and find another game. Talk with your gaming group. Find out what game fits what you like. Figure out what it is you want from a game. Find that game. And thank goodness there are so many out there now that, you know, you don't feel locked into that one game. You don't feel like, well, you know, it changed a lot with this new edition, but... I have all the models, and there's really nothing else out there, so I guess I should just keep going with this. Nope. I sort of wonder if maybe, <laughs> not to be blunt, if maybe, you know, War Machine's sort of going with that. Like, oh, I got all these models. Might as well keep playing it. Because um, addition change may not seem like a lot, but it actually was sort of sneakily a lot more than people think. Um, Age of Sigmar, on the other hand, came out and killed the entire fantasy. Now, that is nominally a different game, but it's played with the same basic models. Yeah, it's They've nice got rules for all models. You can use most of those same models. But it's one where the change was met poorly because it was handled, you know, it was, it was put out poorly. But then, you know, they GW, they're, they're not going away anytime soon. They eventually made their next edition, the one we're playing now, and suddenly it's a lot better. They got points values. They listen to people. They, they, they change to adapt to what their people want and need. You know, it's two way because companies have to do it too, and, and we have to do it. We have to give it a give it a shot. Yeah, which was interesting because that first change, I was like, "Ooh, Age of Sigmar's coming out, new rule." It's, there's a new edition of you know, AKA Fantasy that we thought, and they're going to call it Age of Sigmar. I was like, "Ooh, I'll check it out." And then when I checked it out, I was like, "Uh, no." When it yeah, first came out, I was like, "There's they, no way." That's to, that's that's when change handled poorly so yeah. them having to change it sure because warmer fantasy was low sales comparatively they were trying to trying to revitalize it trying to do something with it it just handled poorly because they had the did not have their finger on the pulse of their of their uh their clientele yeah and um we'll look at say blood bowl like any of the gw specials games that are changing all of those yeah. that went away I mean, we loved them, and then they went away completely, and now they're reintroducing them. And they're not all exactly the same. No. Blood Bowl's about the closest, I would say. Um, I haven't played Necromunda <laughs> because um, was not enthused by board game status to start, but... yeah. Oh, yeah, that was disappointing, and I feel like that was kind of the wrong fit for them to start out on with Necromunda. But again, they quickly backpedaled and made a book like, here's how you play it in miniatures. Boom. So there you go. Yeah. I see uh -oh. says, speaking of change being handled poorly and people holding on to models, when do you think they will bring back squats? Reset the clock! <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that! You said the S word! <laughs> so, here's a little insider tidbit. Technically, their thought to reset the uh, S word was the Demiurge from uh, Forge World uh, did in Battlefleet Gothic for a bit. Forge World? Yeah. yeah. Or that was in Battlefleet Gothic for a bit. So they were going to have the Demiurge sort of be the, what the squats, you know, replace them in the fiction, but that never really went out too far, unfortunately. A little insider GW knowledge that's, you know, two decades old at this point. Thank you for your obsolete knowledge. You're welcome. I have plenty of obsolete knowledge. 
Um, so what else about change? I mean, oh, that's a good one. Uh, I did the one uh, after watching a video from Toy Galaxy about the poison of nostalgia, which I think I shared on the, the page, and uh, or maybe just on my personal Facebook, uh, really spoke to me. And that's a lot about change, too. Um, we, we have to change. We look back on stuff and we're nostalgic for it. People come and say, like, oh, the old Space Marines are good. These ones are okay, but I really like the fully multiposable kits better. No, you don't. They're not nearly as good. And, and stuff like that. The models have to change, and, you know, they'll go through their cycles. You have to take a look at them, you know. It's, and the company has to keep changing. You know, multi-part models seem really cool, but they really limit the sculptability of a model, let's say, because you have to have all those cut lines so that you can have all the arms and legs and whatever you want posable, posable, and it starts limiting the model. These new kits that are sort of quasi-posable um, are probably better. I, I think most of them, when you look at, you know, say, you know, cool sequitur, quasi-posable, we can do a couple arm changes, a couple extra bit changes. That's probably the way it's going to be forward. They, and that's you know, okay. People say they're impossible to to convert, but I feel like you just have to change your idea of what conversion is. That That's a conversion. Yeah. Boom. Next second, stare at a bear. Ain't no thing. You just have to try and do it. It's, it's not as easy as it used to be, and I hate to... Oh, this is going to sound really horrible and elitist. If you can't convert these new models, then what you weren't doing was what you were doing wasn't conversions. They were putting parts on models they didn't belong on. If that's all you ever did was, I'm going to take these Beastman arms and put them on my catechins. Yeah! Okay, cool. But you can still do the same shit. It just takes a little more work. You actually have to put a little effort into it. Unfortunate? Maybe. But you know what? It is what it is. A little more sawing and a little more green stuff. That's all. And some pinning. A pin, yep. little pin goes a long way. I, I wish I still had the model. I had a Forge World Elysian drop troop, where I didn't like the way his leg was posed. So literally, I just cut a chunk out, pinned it in, got to the right pose, and then green stuffed the the empty bit. I chopped both the legs of my uh, GW giant off at the knees so that I could have him in a kneeling pose. You know, but that's sort of the thing. It's, it's the models are going to change. You have to change with them. There was the the glory days of fully posable multi-part kits, but look what we got. Do you remember the Chaos Warriors from that time? Oh yeah. They are not good. And yes, the new Chaos Warriors are diametrically the opposite in posability. You just stick their arms in, they rank up. They're from a rank up era. Eventually they'll change because they have to, but. They're still better than the old hunched-over, fully-posable ones. Those guys were not good. Oh, I, I, I still... Still, GW sometimes does that thing where they hunch guys over, or they lean them over, and I feel so bad because there's all this detail on the front of the model, and I want to see the front of the model, but the model is, like, at a 45-degree angle to the table. Yep. And all of the Beastmen Blood Bowl models are like that. And I feel bad. I would like them to just be, at least some of them, just be standing up, upright, so you can see the front of them and see all that fun detail that they put on it. Yeah. And Crimson uh, brings up a good point where he's like, uh, uh, Vince Venturella had a good point about all back. The reason why GW is still around after 40 years is because they were willing to change with the times. Maybe some people got upset at the moment because they liked their fantasy battles or their squats or whatever. Absolutely. They have never been shy about changing. And one of the few companies that have never been shy about eventually going, okay, we did this wrong, we need to change again. I'll be honest, in they made three to five year business plans that generally lasted about a year and a half. But you, you companies have to be uh, agile like that. You have to be able to, to, to make a right turn, Clyde, because uh, otherwise you're just going to go away. Too many companies aren't agile, and they move at the speed of sloths fucking. Which I'm told is slow, and I haven't seen I don't want to, so don't send me any videos. <laughs> um, Requests. No. 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 I don't think you can sneak them in. Banny and I used to play a game where we'd send each other the most horrible video. I have a nose for these sort of things. 
as it were. Yeah, as it were. Where were we? Change, yes. That hasn't changed. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, you have to, the companies have to be agile, and, and we sort of have to be the same way. We have to be agile and willing to change up what we're doing. It's like when you're playing a game, and, you know, this is going to get a little deep and meta, you have to be willing to change your game plan, your strategy, on the fly to match the situation. It, I'm, trying it, it, to, uh, I'm trying to be adaptable. Um, the game that I got into after Gen Con, the Age of Sigmar Champions, mm-hmm. they just released their Onslaught, which is the wave, the second wave of cards for mm-hmm. that game. And uh, since it's a digital app and a lot of people are playing on the digital app before they're running out to get their cards, their physical cards, mm-hmm. uh, they, the servers crashed and everything. But, I mean, be that as it may, now there's all these extra cards that I now have to learn. And now I have to learn how they're going to interact with all the cards that already exist. And... And I'm like, do I have time to do that this week? And I'm looking on the Discord server, looking at all these other people who have already played a million games, and they're all posting their deck lists and everything. And I'm like, who has time for this? I, I, I'm like, I'd love to go out and get some physical cards and scan them in and, you know, see how they interact with, with my cards. And I just, I don't have time right now to do it but I'm amazed that there's all these other people that are out there already experimenting with it and putting decks together and 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 talking about it it's much the same thing though they're they're if you will uh, and a problem I have they're they're agile if you will with their time their ability to spend time doing things I am not you know we had a week ago where they're like hey John you coming over today to watch Ninja Batman and I'm like no, because you didn't tell me last night. I already have plans for tonight. You know, I can't just change like that. I'm a planning guy. I have to plan it. You know, and then the next day they're like, I'm like, oh, how was in Japan? like, oh, we didn't watch it. Do you want to come over now and watch it? I'm like, again, if you told me last night you didn't watch it, I would not have made plans. I have things I have to do. But, you know, if you want to get all the stuff you in, you've got to be a little more agile with your time. I find... uh uh, I am not, and when plans change, I may be caught sort of uh, flat-footed by that, and then suddenly I'm like, I got nothing to do, so I'm going to sit around and, you know, watch videos and movies and shit. Which is not bad, but sometimes you feel like you could be more efficient with your time. Yeah. It all sort of times it ties into the same general thought of that, is uh, you have to be able to adapt to the change. If you can't adapt to the change, uh, it's not going to be good. You know, I didn't adapt to the change in, you know, War Machine and Hordes to theme lists all the time, every time. And the end result is, I don't play the game anymore. Part on me, part on them. I can't give them full culpability. They're trying to change the game, trying to stay ahead, and I'm not changing with them. But that's not always bad. That just means I've had more time to play with other people, other games. I've been really enjoying the other games I'm playing. But, uh... It, it all sort of interconnects. It's amazing how much one thing in life interconnects with the rest of life, even if it's just on a, on a theory standpoint. Huh. And then Something. there's me, who's just, you know, 40K has changed from 4th edition to 5th edition. I, I, I played a bunch <laughs> in 4th. I get to 5th edition. I play, like, three games. Uh, other things happen. I lose interest for whatever reason. I... <laughs> they start playing fantasy, and, you know, just as I'm getting my ogres completed, they change to a new system. <laughs> they change to the next edition, and, you know, and then other things in life are happening at this time, too. So I feel like I get behind, and I can't catch up, and I move on to another game. And so for me, when these editions these changes and additions happen and stuff, I, I kind of end up leaving a game by the wayside. So, that's the good thing of what GW is doing, and I think most companies are going to follow suit. Um, rare exception, of course, being weird with Malifaux, is GW has set up their systems now, so they don't need to change additions unless they're doing huge changes. 
It'll no longer be, oh, you know, 5th edition comes out, or 4th or edition comes out, it's basically 3rd edition with some revisions. 5th edition comes out, it's basically 4th edition with some revisions. They handle that all through their General's Handbook and or Chapter Approved books now, so... You don't that have was, to get, like, all new rule book and all nope. new... Yeah, that's It's nice. likely that eventually one will come out, but until then, you know, rumor has it, Grey Knights, let's say, for example, are going to get a huge buff by having their points lowered to the point where they're not terrible, because the internet said they're terrible. Actually, my friends say they're terrible, too, so they might actually be terrible. Uh, they're way too expensive. I own a Grey Knight army, and you can't bring enough to get what you need yeah. done. That's yeah, always so... But so they're they're looking at that that they're they're being agile with their game design. You know, look at uh, Profiter Press. The CID is sort of the definition of game agility. They're being agile with their game design. You know, they're uh, even if they are testing their new models with it also, which I don't think is as good of an idea. But that's a story for another time. They're testing old models to try and keep them from completely falling by the wayside. Trying to keep the power creep down. It's a really good idea. Uh, you know. Uh, GW's not scared with the fact. PP's never been scared about the fact, though they're a little bit more now, which is weird. Uh, weird has never been scared of using FAQ to change things. Uh, who is that? Corvus Belly had loves to just quietly when they do an errata, suddenly points change for all these overpriced or underpriced units. You know, suddenly you're like, oh, all these points change. They, yeah. the, the internet has made it easy for games to be more agile FAQs adjustments. And the more you go to something online, like a, like a war room, you can do so much more with it and you can be, you know, you can have that change quickly and easily. So it's not, Oh, I got to buy all these old books again, blah, blah, blah. It's like, Nope, click update. It's updated. Boom. New points. Let me just start researching it. It's really great. Does it seem like, uh, the idea that people can have one of these, books on an as an app or uh i don't know is it uh gw that has one that where they can change the errata and everything yep they change the errata in the book from what i understand so i can see how that would make it much more agile absolutely that way than rather than every few years coming out with a new a new book um yeah it's it's Excuse me, I'm not as sure with 40k, but Age of Sigmar has an app for building armies and stuff, and if you have the book through the app, which is generally half price of the physical book, which is good, uh, from what I understand, they actually update the book when the uh, FAQ comes out. Because it's just digital media, change this, change this, alright, just mm -hmm. set this to change that little bit in the coding when they download it again. That seems like such a much easier way to do it. Oh yeah. And less expensive. Also, it prompts them to keep coders on uh, on retainer or even on staff, so that they can do all the web stuff they have and all the you know army builder stuff they have, so they don't have an army builder where they can't update it because the guy who made it refuses to work for them because he's got other things to do that's worth more money to him. Hmm. This Xander actually says, happened. Huh. Xander says, "I like how Corvus Belly has made the army builder for Infinity the stats of models now." And then release a fiction in a physical copy. Of Absolutely. Absolutely. It keeps them from doing the two book thing that they're doing for a bit. They can have a little rule section and a fiction section. I haven't picked up a third offensive yet. Because uh, I haven't done a lot of Infinity for a while. But I plan on it. It's great. Um, Zinnivore also says, and this is a good one. Um, this is the hardest part of change that he brings up here is. Some days it feels like it hurts to give up a game that has meant so much to you for so many years invested in it. That is true, but there's a sign in it at my work that says, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. Hmm. And I try to take that to heart when I'm thinking of stuff. You know, I have fond memories of War Machine and Hordes, you know, playing games and all that. That doesn't mean that I won't play a game again, but, you know, they can't take those away from me. They can't take the friends and you know, acquaintances I've made, you know, the, all that stuff. They can't take that away just because they don't play the game anymore. I mean, you look at most of the people, you eventually move out and do other things. And I've said this before, the thought that you will play one game for the rest of your life is... Bullshit. It, well, it's old. It's antiquated thinking. It comes from back when there was, like, only two miniature games to play. Well, we'll say there were technically a ton, but they were either... Either you played Warhammer, or you played 40K, or you fucking played Historicals. 
<laughs> pretty much. I was going to say, you played Napoleonics, or then you played... Or Civil uh, War, or, you know... So, I mean, back in the day, that's what you had. So the thought you play one game for the rest of your life wasn't really out of hand. There were only three. Yeah. But nowadays, you know, shit, three come out every year. At least. Heck, you could probably go Kickstarter right now and probably find one or two miniature games in the works. And, uh, you know, so we, you have to change with the thought of that, you know. And like I said, it is sad that you have all these models and you're not using them right now. Maybe it's the day will come you use them again, but it doesn't take away, you know, everything else you did with them. All the fun you had, all the people you met, none of that goes away. Or you sell off those models. Yeah, that's a possibility if you can. It's <laughs> it's a tough market right now, Kathy. It is the definition of a buyer's market. Yep. I suggest keeping models unless you really, really need the room or a quick influx of not a lot of cash. But, you know, but again, because that may change again. Change is going to happen. You know, fourth Mark IV might come out or, you know, Mark III Remix might come out. Whatever they're going to call it, the next edition might come out. And then, you know, who knows what's happening. And now video game, miniature games have to compete with video games and mobile games a lot more. You're right. Um, and even those change, you know, new games come out. Um, you know, I get made fun of a lot because I'll play a game... Let's just say, when I buy a game, I get my value out of that goddamn game. <laughs> I played Diablo 2 forever. Eh. Um, you know, I, I, I'm still playing Borderlands 2. I play Star Realms. I'm getting a lot of mo- a lot of value out of those games. But, you know, even me, I realize at some point I'm going to want to change to another game. Hmm. Yeah. Borderlands has come out with a VR version. We, we had this discussion, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, but I can play the VR version. I believe version. the discussion was... You can't do it, but I can. I cannot. Well, that's fine. I still enjoy it. I still enjoy watching stuff on it. And if not, I'll find another game. There's plenty out there. Always more games. Path of Exile. And you get the the card games like Champions where they also have a digital app. And so I've been playing all mobile. Yep. um, Because it is a mobile game. uh, Because I don't have people near me that play the physical game. But... Think of how awesome it is now that everything has changed that you can do that. Yeah. I, like, honestly, I, that's groundbreaking. No one else does that. They, they had a huge tournament at PAX Unplugged this weekend of the physical game, and there were a number of people there that I knew from the app and the Discord server. And they were playing the physical game. So, I mean, it, it is interchangeable, and I, I love that about that, that they could do that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that would work with models, uh, tabletop games. Probably not. Mm. They've tried to integrate, fully integrate, if you will, the uh, the tabletop into an, an app, but it doesn't really work very well. And honestly, I'll be an old grognar here and go against the change. I don't really want it to. That seems too much like, rather than trying to change, you're trying to fit a... Uh, a square peg through a round hole. Yeah, I can well, see that. There's something, Make something different. Like, okay, card game, you can play it mobile and stuff. I, I can get that. A miniature game on a mobile app, per yeah. se, it just, to me, just it, it takes well away from make, You it, might as well just play a role-playing game where no, you've it's, got it's, fantastic art to go It's with. a turn-based strategy game. Yeah. It literally becomes a turn-based strategy game. Yeah. yeah. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with those games. Nope. Just that's if not that's what I want about out of that type of game. Exactly. We had that discussion at the game store when uh, we, we bought all our stuff. Uh, Bainan was looking at Key Forge, and I politely told him that, because he, he forgot last week, think, I'm not going to get into that. You're welcome <laughs> to buy next if you want. I'm not doing it. And the guy behind the counter is like, I just, you know, just out of my curiosity, and this is the first, th- this guy's been at the store for a while, but we don't really interact too much. It's the first time. He's like, I just want to know, like, why you think that way? And I'm like, well... I want different from my game. I want, you know, the mental interaction. We talked about that. You know, all that stuff. He's like, that's a really fair way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing you is, know. is you didn't, you weren't dogging the game. It just doesn't no. fit what you want out of a game. It, it's a license to print money. Yeah. And the only potential problem I've had, and I've stated this, is that if they make, you know, bring your decks, because apparently the tournament series, I don't know if we went over this, this is a little off topic, 
But apparently the tournament format is you bring three decks and they get to see what factions they are and your opponent gets to choose one of them that they that you're not allowed to play. I've never heard of that. Even looking that's, at the the tournament uh, rules. I don't know where I got it, but that's what he said and he works at the game store. He's gotta know something. Ooh. I know they had a big tournament of that at Pax. <clears throat> Yeah. Wow. Hey Legionnaires. Hey, Legionnaires. <laughs> you can check the beginning part uh, on, on the YouTubes. Or the downloaded version on uh SoundCloud. SoundCloud, absolutely. Or your favorite or iTunes. Just do it on the on the tunes of I. The tunes of I. <clears throat> yeah, so I mean that's interesting. I'll see that. But you know, again, that's another game where that's a game where they weren't afraid to change the, the dynamic. You know, Richard Garfield who started this whole thing we can't argue that at all that's just fact um made a new game and entirely made it that it would be sealed deck he, he designed it's a great idea it's licensed for money and it is on our theme a good change to how those games are done and i like that because uh, you know we don't get innovation we don't get new we don't get new stuff if we don't change the way the old stuff works. So we keep using the same, same old, same old. We stagnate, and everything goes by the wayside. It becomes old hat. You lose people. And maybe, this is just speculation towards the end of our change thing, maybe that's part of what's wrong with War Machine of Hordes. Maybe it didn't change enough. Maybe uh, we needed it to change more. Maybe it's just old hat. Maybe people wanted something more dynamic out of it, you know? That sort of thing, you know, GW's never been shy to change their games completely. Uh, Weird's editions have all been upgrades and good changes. Uh, Mark 1 to Mark 2 was a good change, but Mark 2 to Mark 3 smacks a lot of those middle 40k editions where they're just revisions. Maybe one or two things changed really big, but they're just little changes, because honestly, if you look back in the history of time, because uh, if you all know, well, those who do not understand history are doomed to repeat it, Privateer Pest does seem like they're following the GW early 2000s, or let's say mid-2000, the early 2010 playbooks, line by line, and that's not good. So, it's kind of interesting to see, you know? Your, uh, your guy is wrong, by the way. This you bring one day. You bring one, one deck. deck and that's it. I, I don't know if he was trying to sell me on decks. I doubt it. He he think they know me well enough to know that I buy what I buy and I don't <laughs> yeah. to them. You just you you bring one deck and <clears throat> one deck only. To be fair, I thought that was an interesting idea for a deck format, a game format though. It, it could be it could be an alternate format, but the standard is not. Yeah, I think the standard should be sealed deck. But yeah, that's just me. So. Any case, so you know, there's some more. Thoughts on that? You know, maybe we wanted more change, but we needed more change because um, sometimes things really need to change. It's the only constant. The only constant is a change. Yeah, change and death, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, Remember, I mean, no one, no one gets out of life alive. That changes too. Well, going back to the original part of this is that you know, just because something happens doesn't mean it's the doom of whatever's going on. Nope. Remember, there are always two ways to approach any situation. There's emotion, and then there's logic. Emotion says doom and gloom, because it's just like, oh my god, this is changing. The emotional side of you does not like change. Well, yeah, people don't want to learn the new thing. It's hard. People don't want what's hard. They want what's easy and comfortable. Oh, I remember when, when, whenever we were, they were talking about the new edition and stuff, and people were like, Oh, they're going to allow pre-measure in the game. It's just going to ruin the game and make it the most worthless <laughs> thing ever. And it's just going to ruin the game, and I'll never play again because pre-measure will ruin the game. And I'm like... That means just bullshit. any idiot can uh, just so, go out there and pre-measure their stuff, and they don't... I weaned my eyeballing skills. Yes. And so, now I suffer. I'm going to say something about that. You remember Token Shitstorm, right? Oh, yeah. That's what happened because of pre-measure. Yep. So, in a sense, those guys were right, but for the wrong reasons. It's not that the rule was bad, and I hate saying this about you guys, because I don't mean all you guys. I never wanted to. There's a certain section of players 
that are just win at all costs fucktards. And that's in every game. Every yeah. game. Yeah. And the guys were like that. And I'm not going to name names. I could. I'm not going to name any of the names of the guys who are really outspoken about that. Took it too far. They are part of the reason I stopped playing in the first place. And now I'm not really interested in getting started again. So, hey, thanks for that. No, really, thanks. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I don't really have any grudges. I mean, it is what it is, guys. Yeah. I just remember it was like, no, 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 they, they, they won't do pre-measure in it. I'm like, yeah, they will. Yeah, you'll get pre-measure yeah. in the game. Yep. And they're like, no, it won't because it's just going to ruin the game and people are just going to quit because... And, and Kathy's right. There were people who are like, but man, I had triggered out all my trigonometry and measurements and all this other stuff for so long. I played against a carpenter in in 40K in fantasy. That shit ain't fair. <laughs> you got Mr. Crazy Eyes versus a guy who can be like, oh yeah, that's 26 and a half inches. And I'm like, no, it's not. Well, fuck me. It is exactly 26 and a half inches. This is going to be great. Yeah. Do you remember when all the manufacturer oh. terrain came out and GW was making these tables and and some of the tables were on these like you know one by one tile yep. things yep. and and it's you're like really yeah really what? I don't have to eyeball anything I know that this is twelve inches yeah. <laughs> Kathy you know the carpenter I played against oh do I Jeff Wallachs oh. <laughs> In the past life, he was a carpenter. I didn't know that. Yeah. There you go, a little knowledge for you. But it didn't ruin the game. Premeasure didn't ruin the game. People ruined the game. So here's the funny thing. A, game, a rule cannot ruin the game. People misusing that rule or continuing to play the game with a rule they know they fucking hate are ruining the game. Because they're not changing. The game has changed. It happened. You need to change what you're doing. Some change too far and take it too far, and some are like, I'm not going to change. <clears throat> so that, that hurts a game, too. There's lots of things in there. I mean, <laughs> you can change too much. Look at certain games. Boom. Yeah, pre-measuring meant you get to be lazy, but that's fine. How many times did you just measure your control area? You'd set it up right. You'd take those shitty shots, you know, with your guys just... And as you're measuring the full range, you eyeball the distance there because you've got to tape measure out, and that's perfectly legal. It was basically all but pre-measure anyway, so that didn't do it. It's people who went the next level. Yeah. That ruined it. And people who maybe just didn't even want to go there, you know, is what it is. Uh-huh. The result, things change. You have to be open to it. You have to at least give it a chance. And if it's not your thing, don't be a bitch about it. Be like, hey, not my game anymore. I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. I'm going to go do something else. And yeah, it sucked. You've got models. They don't work anymore. But the game company doesn't owe it to you to make the game continue to work for you. And it, it's unfortunate truth that that's the change. They have to change or they're going to go out of business. You cannot remain stagnant forever. Until someone makes the perfect rule set. Hint, it doesn't exist. You, you're going to have to have game changing. Yeah, and games changing means some people are not going to be are going to be hurt by it. Models aren't going to be as good as they are. Models aren't going to be used. It, I mean, we all all of us who play know that that private press needs to do something about the spam. They're probably not going to, but they need to. And yes, it'll mean because it's changed. Things are changing. You may not be able to use all the models you have. You know what? It fucking happens. You know, talk to the squats guys. I reset the clock again. Sad but true. Talk to anyone who had Dogs of War, anyone who had Zotes. I'm going real far back with Zotes. You You know, any of those armies, Bretonians are practically gone. Any of those armies that have completely gone away or, you know, they've all felt it. They've all been there. It's going to happen. I'm sorry. It is. But guess what? All those extra models means you can play with them when you play casually because casual is a way to play the game. So, Wait, what? Casual? Yeah, I, know. Wait, what? I know. Not I know. I know. There's, there are multiple ways to play a game. Wait, all my casual games are geared towards practicing for my tournament. That's not... Said somebody else, not me. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. Don't get me started. <laughs> if you don't play any actual casual, casual games, it's not good. Uh, uh, in Champions, I like 
I'm in like bronze, which is like the lowest rank because I I barely played any ranked games. It was too much fun playing casual games. That's fine. I mean, games exist at different levels for different people. You know, look at look at video games. They've maybe not the ones right now, but in general, they have it right. Oh, hey, do you want to play easy, medium, or hard? Well, hey, look, you know, there's a thing. If I come home and I want to pop in Halo and I just want to shoot every motherfucking alien that pops his full alien head out from behind cover, easy it is. I'm going to be Superman. I'm going to be actual Master Chief. I'm murdering all the aliens because, God damn it, that's what I need for catharsis. Or maybe yeah. I want moderate challenge. I'm not that good. Medium level. Or maybe I'm the hardcore guy who wants the toughest damn challenges. I want to curse at the game and want to throw my controller through the wall every time I pick it up and put that game in. Then maybe I play hard, but that's the same sort of thing. It's it's you know casual, middle, and you know tournament. There are multiple ways to play a game, and if a game doesn't have that levels, you've got to bring those levels to the game. Yeah. I have it. I'm you ranting. Like my husband, and you know, just invent your own campaigns and scenarios. Awesome. I mean, I'm making rules for <laughs> Age of Sigmar. Slow grow because I want to have an Age of Sigmar slow grow, and I don't want it to be just murder your opponent. Yeah, that's <laughs> boring. Let's have some different objectives. You don't hate yourself from playing Dark Souls. You hate everything. The Ever game, yourself, everything. everything. When you play Dark Souls, I found it funny when they put Dark Souls on the Switch. I'm like, oh, that's dirty pool. That's a blatant sales tool because someone's gonna spike their Switch. <laughs> this goddamn game, and then they gotta buy a new one. Yeah, a whole new one. Um, but there you go. Change is good. Embrace it. All right, let's go ahead and go over to uh, media section. Oh. Get going with that. It's almost about that time. It is almost about that time. Close enough for government. Close enough for government time. Oh, my nose is all stuffed up. Yeah, what's wrong with you? I don't know. You live in the land of allergies. Yes, I do. Wait, wait. Oh, I guess if I can chill for a minute. Ugh. Haven't been drinking enough. Ooh, camera shake. Shake, shake, shake. Um, Let's go ahead and uh, discuss. Kathy, you said you had at least some this time. I watched uh, the first like five or so episodes of Disenchanted, which uh -huh. I know that Gonzo uh, watched some of a while back. I watched um, the whole thing. And I, I, for the most part, enjoyed it. And I say for the most part because there were some thinking things in there. And there were some funny things in there. And it was intelligent humor. But there were a few, there were a few things where they, they tried to make a joke and it just fell flat. Yes. Very much so. But for the most part, I actually did enjoy it. Best thing ever? No. But I liked it. I liked the demon. The little demon just cracked me up. <laughs> Did you get a chance to watch that at all, John? No, God, no. How how far behind am I on media? Very it far. It defies description. Well, it's eclectic, though, so I never know. Yeah, I, I, I have a long list of things I really, really want to watch, and that's gotten eh, middle-of-the-road reviews, because Gonzo's like, yeah, it's good, and then uh, who was it? Sung Sao said it was terrible? I said it was horrible, too. Oh, you said it was horrible? So it was yeah. the other way around. Someone said it was good. You said think, it was horrible. I think he said it was good. Yeah, because he said it was good after you said it was horrible, and we were all yeah. chuckling about that. Yeah. Just forgot the order. Was oh. there, was, there were some things that fell flat in it where you, you could tell they were trying to make a funny, and it just didn't work. Like, the timing wasn't there, or the the voice actor was not quite given it the right tone but other than that I, I enjoyed it so far five or so episodes in and I'll watch some more of it cool oh no <laughs> oh Brad really you gonna start with that you start with that alright I'll start with my first one there uh, Gonzo alright uh, in in convincing Brad that uh, Expendables 2 was a better movie than he thought, because I watched it yesterday, and I'm not going to review it because I'm going to review that in the next minis and movies, because I'm going through the whole series, uh, I went through, you know, Brad, you're just downstairs. I can go downstairs and kill you. <laughs> don't, don't, don't take my puns. 
Those are my puns. In any case, uh, I found that that uh, Russian uh, Avengers movie, Guardians, was oh. on free on Amazon Prime. I, I meant to go watch that. I saw that the other... Not, I didn't see the movie, but I saw that it was on Amazon Prime. How to describe it? So it's dubbed. The, the version is dubbed. Mm-hmm. The voice acting is fucking horrible. I mean, <laughs> occasionally, like, that wasn't too bad. But other times you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, a little inflection, a little pause between sentences. Just pretend you care. Pretend. Uh, visuals are solid for the most part, though. Uh, the one guy, um, the, the super speed guy with the weird swords... Uh, physics called. They want to talk about your swords because I don't think they work the way you think they work. Um, so the whole plot is in the past, in the Cold War, two scientists were working on, you know, super secret stuff to fight the Americans or any other enemy. Though they never say the Americans. Much like we don't do a lot of poking at Russia or poking at China, they didn't actually say Americans. Yes, the bad guy had small feet. Um, they made this big uh, program to create super soldiers. Uh, the one scientist uh, had a plan. It failed. He almost killed himself. Um, he was really upset and jealous of the other doctor whose stuff worked, and they started making these super soldiers. Well, the bad guy kept trying and then, you know, thought he, he made a huge explosion, thought he died. He ended up giving himself superpowers. This man of the program, all the super soldiers went their separate ways. Well, now Mr. Small Feet Tiny Boots is back. He can control mechanical things, all mechanical things. It doesn't matter if he should be able to control said mechanical thing, i.e. like deuce and a half style trucks. Like because with his mind? With his mind. Well, with his mind and gestures and electric, electrical sparks. Because, I mean, you got to have a, a, a gimmick. So he's doing that and they don't know what he's after because they don't explain it well. And then they drop the exhibition bomb on you again. Like, it was a bad, like, it was like five straight minutes of exposition. You're just like, come on, guys, get to the fucking point. So they send the the military commander to go uh, arrange them all, and it's really short. It's find the one guy who controls rocks and earth. Short discussion, he's in. Uh, Go find super speed guy after he murders a bunch of uh, bad guys in physics-defying ways. He was kind of cool. Then go find Arsis, the giant werebear, because calling him Ursus would be too far on the nose. They had to call him Arsis instead. <laughs> um, and then they find the other chick who can control her body temperature and tur or not control it. She doesn't feel hot or cold, and she can turn a visible... But only while in water. Uh, invisible only in water? She's also pretty kick-ass. Uh, we, we later learn her actual superpower. Um, so they go there. They, they go after the bad guys. Uh, the bad guys don't care. It's raining. She's invisible because it's rain. Okay, kind of cool. But they have thermoptic stuff. They can see her. So they freeze her. They kick the crap out of the rest of them. They break the back of the main guy who's the rock guy. And capture him. He's like, you must join me. Not for any good reason. Just you must join me. <laughs> uh, they heal the they heal the rock guy. He goes and does stuff, and they go rescue the rest of them, bring them back, and they make gear for them. So they have super suits that make them better at what they do. There's lots of exposition and backstory that we don't fucking care about. But they enhance the super speed guy. They enhance the rock guy with this crazy electric whip that has like rocks every little bit. That's how he can control where the whip goes because he controls rocks, but it's got electricity. It doesn't actually make sense, and it doesn't make any more sense in the movie than I'm making it sound now. (laughs) Um, They make... I'm not sure which word. So we find out that they make the suit for the uh, chick, and she can now turn invisible all the time and turn one thing she's holding invisible. And we also find out that her actual superpower is dead ass because (laughs) they focus on that for a solid, like, ten seconds. You're like, well, I... Okay, <laughs> that's part of her superpower, I guess. <laughs> Yikes! And then uh, the bear gets uh, Gatling guns because 
wear a bear with Gatling guns. We all know this is the reason we watched the movie to begin with. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it never really pays off. Um, it, it He barely uses them. Barely? Yep. Uh, the best is when he goes full bear, and they're like in a backpack on his back. He can pull them out of his arms. But while they're, he's in full bear form, running around, mauling people, the, it's a turret. It's fucking shooting people. And I thought that was awesome. Uh, end result, exposition, exposition, things that aren't earned, they beat the bad guy. Roll credits. Stinger in the middle of the credits, they captured the uh, the military commander, Chick, who for some reason through part of it was wearing leather pants. I don't know why. Apparently she's got partial superpower. Same one. And uh, they're like, you know, why did you do this? Who's attacking you? And they drop a name because they're apparently planning on a sequel. <laughs> yeah. Will I watch the sequel? 